0: Everyone, you're listening to of Dyson Men, the podcast where we talk about board games, the people who play them, and the culture surrounding the hobby. It's been a while. Uh, but of course, we are here with my two favorite co-hosts, Adam. Say hi. Yay. (laughs) Hi.
1: (laughs) And Ryan. Yeah, it has been a while, which means No, it's been a
0: fortnight a fortnight it's, it's been a, a
1: fortnight since we've seen them last but it's been a longer fortnight than usual and right, we had no this Fortnite new year's eve it, yeah. resolution that we were going to uh new year's resolution that we we're gonna have an episode at least once every month and uh of course we failed that but we're probably lasted longer than most people did with
0: their new year's right. resolution so i'm not that ashamed by that yeah i feel we made it to april at least and i mean pretty good technically may-ish so yeah we we did pretty decent i, I f- i'm feeling pretty good about it but The bonus is we had a lot of time to build up some content and build up some energy and build up some some things we can talk about. (laughs) Uh, That's a blatant lie. I apologize. This week, we are going to talk about um, the topic of shepherding gamers into the hobby or people through the hobby. Because as those that have collections and read about games and talk about games... uh, we probably have a lot of exposure to people who don't know a lot about board games or know a little bit about board games, but play like casual games and whatnot. So, And here uh,
2: I prepared about sheep husbandry and managing <laughs> large flocks. I I really misread that. We'll see if Adam we can work that into
0: the break just, just so it's not wasted effort. Yeah, so that's the main topic. But before that, as per usual, we like to open the show with a general question uh, that the host can answer to get to know us a little bit better. This week's intro question is
2: do you, you really want to get to know us better nah.
1: yeah <laughs> that's what i was actually thinking like what is this episode 86 i'm gonna hazard a Something guess like, like if you don't know us by now because i'm assuming everyone's listening since the very first episode on Vagina, of course community
2: you will radio. never 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 know us Ooh. <laughs> is that what you were trying to get at. that is that
0: you don't know me no we they got it
2: man you don't gotta spell it out for them no, i just higher I, that song higher popped level, in my head and assume
0: I that to... they got it okay you know oh, it was a song, song reference oh, <laughs> see okay, ryan assume everybody got it. yeah okay okay it's fine have you guys seen a comedic comeback that went well that's our topic are or we our talking our about uh, you know getting slapped and then coming back and how well <laughs> that went what are we talking right, about wonderful comedic yeah, come back. It no, yeah, it I think we're past casting.
1: that, has, but yeah. And the reason so, right before the show, we were trying to come up with the question, and it occurred to me that on Netflix, I can't remember the name of the show, it's a Mike Myers, his first file, the Pentaverit, is Pen... something like yeah. that. Pentavariate. And, on... and then on Prime, uh, there's going to be a what would it be, the sixth season of The Kids in the Hall, which was right. us being Canadians. It was a sketch comedy show from the 90s that uh, was very, very popular back then. But comedy does not always last through the ages. Like compared to other genres, sometimes it can be pretty dated after a while. Like, you know, right. culture changes and what was funny at one time maybe is um, a little bit like overly politically incorrect at this point. Uh, like right. definitely we're living in a different era now than we were in the 90s. So I find it hard to think of a of a comedy or a comedian that I would really look forward to come back after like 30 years. Because I just would, I'd rather go back and like, watch the stuff that i love back then like i don't want to see a new eddie murphy stand-up i want to watch delirious right. you
0: know that said Corey, friend of the show was mentioning earlier today in fact that apparently norm mcdonald recorded a show to be released upon the event of his death which i think is now on netflix like as of today possibly and norm has always wow. been one of my favorite comedians and like he's kept going with voice acting and doing his own show for a while there and i've I've always enjoyed his content. So it's not like he went away and then came back and tried to make it, although there probably was a little bit of a period there between like Dirty Work and, and those movies and whatnot. He just always kind of seemed to be around and still contributing in his own Norm MacDonald specific way, right? And if if you got him, you know, you, you enjoyed it. But yeah. And, and Norm MacDonald was yeah. my favorite
1: comedian. Adam shaking his head. He didn't get Norm MacDonald. I did. Norm MacDonald he oh, was my favorite I comedian. I saw him live in Regina one time and I had tears streaming down my face the whole time. He was so funny, but mm-hmm. he evolved his comedy over time. Like, if you were to watch an early 90s, I don't even know, maybe started in the late 80s, like doing like Evening at the Improv and you know, those sort of like right. uh, shows that comedians would break through on. And he had his kind of like uh, almost like a Gilbert Gottfried kind of voice, uh, you know, eh? and he'd like play a character almost, but as he got older. He would take on like old-timey language and stuff like that, and just sort of like Mm -hmm. tell stories that go nowhere. So his comedy evolved (laughs) a bit over time, and I think that maybe helped him from becoming dated. Whereas like uh, Jerry Seinfeld, although I like his talk show, the the comedians in cars getting coffee, but his comedy I don't think ever evolved. His comedy was always just the observational humor that I went and saw Seinfeld live in Regina too. And although I appreciated his professionalism, I didn't find it very funny. Right. Whereas Norm, who kind of like went with the times and changed this, like his, his talk show that used to be on YouTube and then Netflix bought his talk show and they took it off YouTube, but it was hilarious. Like it was Mm -hmm. so, so, so funny. So So there's a weird thing about
2: funny, right? Because like funny has to be, I don't know, somewhat shocking or somewhat new or novel to be funny. And then when it becomes old, it's not funny anymore. But like, you know what I mean? Like the Simpsons was hilarious. It's first few seasons, just awesome. And then they're kind of lame now because like, it's like, oh yeah, like that's old, you know, you, you would giggle there. It's like Archie comics. They're just not funny anymore. (laughs) But yet there are still episodes of Simpsons that are timeless though, which are, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of like belies
0: the the truth there, I guess, like is not all. I was going to say there's there's still, there's still seasons of like Futurama and the Simpsons and shows from 10, 15 years ago that I still watch and find hilarious every now and then. But is that because you're you're old? Thank you for saying that, Chad. Futurama is having a new season coming up in like a year right. or something like
1: That's that. True. And I'm very excited about that. 100% yeah, but, yeah.
2: but like Kids in the Hall has a new season coming out and I am not at all excited. Uh, you know, I watched right. the trailer and I went, little fan service, little whatever. No need to watch this. Like, I don't even right. have an interest in watching it.
0: Well, I think a lot of like things like that and even the Mike Myers show a little bit is probably trying to hook on to well, the Pente nostalgia Verité, train. By the way, I got the name wrong. Penta right. But, I, but yeah, I they're they're trying to it. hook on
1: to that, right? I haven't watched it. I, guess I don't want to belabor this topic too long, but I understand that like Mike Myers is still just doing like the you know like the surprise pause looks that he would always do in Austin Powers <laughs> and stuff like that. So he, it, they're new characters, but it's the exact same jokes, right? It hasn't evolved since the first Austin Powers movie came out.
2: But you can't deny that Mike Myers literally changed the way at least North America, if not the world, talked twice in his life. <laughs> he got everyone going not. You know, for w- uh, Wayne's World and all that stuff, and then Shaw, and then later on, like, oh, Shagadelic, baby, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, literally changed the way the world talked
1: to each other twice. And for in his some life. people, that Scottish dad in yeah. uh, So I Married sure, Mary, yeah, yeah. so two and a half, so times. maybe two and a half. Think the yeah. love guru really uh, changed the culture too much,
2: but but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. At least twice in his life, these major language, cultural shift things happened because of his comedy. So mm-hmm. I sort of like go, yeah, well, you got to give him a chance. I don't think he's that funny. I haven't actually since like the second Austin Powers. I think even. Right. you got to give him a chance. He just he did so well early on. But Trek you didn't two. come here
0: to talk about comedy. <laughs> you came here to talk about board games. That's right. And today's main topic, like we mentioned earlier, is shepherding casual gamers. So when it comes to working with some of your friends and some of the maybe public play groups, uh, our our public play group in Regina here started back up recently in the last month or so. And I've been really enjoying going there and bringing games that people haven't played yet and, and getting some people to the table and just introducing new games. And that's a little bit different because, you know, people are coming there specifically to play board games and they sign up to play those board games. Yeah, but, they're kind of in already. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, you don't <laughs> it's have to like convince them, right? the cows. You don't have to do you just <laughs> put the food out point. Yeah. and you go. When it comes to interacting with other groups, maybe your couples, friends, or even your own kids, that that process can be quite different. Let's start with, uh, friends that aren't gamers. Is, is there anything in particular that you guys have tried that has worked or some trends and stuff you've noticed?
1: Here's an example uh, with a couple's friend. They owned Catan and we played Catan to death. Talked about on the show maybe like two years ago. We were playing it quite a bit. So then I started like bringing out a stack of like six of my own games. So El Grande and Carcassonne and Tikal and here's games kind of like that. Like if you like Catan, you should like these too. So why don't we add some variety to our lives and try these as well? So it wasn't so much as like, shepherding them into like higher elevations of gaming. Although we did get like all to October of pandemic legacy before they had to tap out nice. and just said, this is too much, but it did shepherd into like being able to be willing to learn a new game and not just like, you right. know, we know the rules to this, but Why why would we play anything different?
2: Not to yeah. tangent too much, but did they actually have that conversation? Cause I'm just amazed that it actually like somebody went, yeah, we got to tap out rather than just letting it st- Fade away and like oh we haven't played that game for months oh, yeah we busy. should sometime we, oh yeah, yeah yeah we just don't but there was there actually like a uh, we 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 like that game but this is just too too many times to play the same game again and again or no it like was
1: that. it was not that it was just that it it keeps adding a layer of rules like you take a sticker right. and you put a new rule in the rule book just like Risk Legacy and all the rest and uh, it just became like there would be three months in between sessions and just relearning everything for people that don't normally play games right. was just became too much like if it was just basically vanilla pandemic over and over again it wouldn't have been too much but when you had this plus this right. plus this plus this right. what's a roadblock how does that work i don't understand how any of this stuffs going on and, so. and the
2: gap of three months between gameplays really must have hurt that because if you're playing right. weekly that might have been actually the best way to like
1: add complexity to the game right but yeah, yeah so but introducing something like el grande to call or carcassonne um there's a level of mental comfort i think for them that Oh, I've learned the rules for this now. OK, well, if this comes back a second time. It's going to be the exact same rules as last time I played it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm not going to feel like an idiot when I don't know how to play it the second time.
0: Yeah, I think that's a lot of uh, just talking some, uh, to some of the couples and friends and stuff we've interacted with over the years. There's a comfort to plopping down Catan and not having to spend 10, ten minutes, even five minutes learning the rules to a new game. And also feeling like that new person, like, I don't understand what's going on. That's a lot of people aren't comfortable with learning <laughs> in, in a lot of cases, right? So they, they don't want to feel like the stupid person or or they're going to make a dumb play on the board, or they might mess up the game if it's a co-op game and stuff like that. So do you find, and this might be true with... Well, wait, wait, wait. A I problem. want to tangent
2: for a second on that. Um, <laughs> because like, that's that's an interesting thing about confidence, right? Because nobody likes feeling like an idiot, right? But right. you said, like, some people aren't as comfortable learning. But I, I wonder if it's just because, you know, us, for example, we're experienced board gamers. We go in knowing we're not stupid. And if it's right. too <laughs> complicated, we're like, oh, this game is too complicated. Not like, oh, I'm a freaking idiot. I don't know what's going on. We immediately right. we're like, wow, this is a really overly complicated game. And this is, too, you know what I mean? We we immediately blame the system rather than going, I, I, I don't understand. I don't great. You know, yeah. I'm an idiot. I feel terrible. I'm probably <laughs> ruining the game for everyone else. No, we're just like confidently going yeah, this is a hard game to learn. eh? I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just going to move, pick randomly. You know what I mean? Uh, So I wonder if that it's literally just the experience and therefore the lack of confidence that like makes that an awful experience for new gamers.
0: Because I think that's where kind of the term shepherding could come in, right? Whereas we're, we're more experienced with the hobby and we know there are games running gamut from like Love Letter to Twilight Imperium when it comes to complexity, right? So going through that ourselves and sometimes I, th- I think part of the problem might be that we lose sight of that a little bit right like we're so used to learning these new games and new complexities and new mechanics and stuff like that that something that comes naturally to us in that process other people don't have or don't have experience with or anything right
1: it took me a while to realize that because when i got into the hobby myself i just dove into the deep end and the first games i owned were fury dracula and twilight imperium and it's just like okay right. these are the games that i play now and uh if i have to read a 40 page rule book to learn this game that's what i do and if i have to teach this 40 page rulebook to all my friends who maybe casually play it's like i don't know i can remember the the time we brought sarah into play starcraft like what kind of shepherding is how many that? times
2: have we talked about that on this show
1: it's <laughs> 20 100%. times but it's a perfect example though because like that's like you couldn't do a worse job of shepherding and she'll never play again <laughs> yeah. so that that's how not to do it is is i guess right. um you know because don't take yell nobody
2: help her nobody help her <laughs> she needs to figure this out for herself that's a bad call <laughs> yeah, Somebody that's, not that's... confident in gaming
0: somehow they Probably. got married
1: yeah
0: go figure yeah we still got married after that so i win yeah it's uh it's very much you 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 don't want to throw people in the deep end unless like if someone did that to me and honestly like when i got back into hobby gaming um it was with battlestar galactica and seven wonders in game and even dominant species i remember was one of the first new games i purchased when i got back into the hobby so i think there is a certain type of person that's 100 percent into that Yeah, but it's not every you guys computer programmers, (laughs) right? I
1: I was into stat into statistics in university. So right. So it's a numbers thing, right? Yeah, there's sort of like, you know, systems academic backgrounds that like totally lend yourself to reading a rule book or understanding permutations of what odds would be. Or is it the other way around?
2: Is people who have a brain that gets curious about like systems and whatever, who that naturally find themselves attracted to board games also find themselves in careers like statistics and programming
1: and stuff. Yeah, I don't know what the chicken or the egg is, but there's definitely yeah. a correlation between the two. Job, ja. sure.
2: you know, Okay, I mean this answer, like, totally not facetiously and stuff. I find a good way to introduce new people to gaming is alcohol. So you, and I mean that sincerely, you invite people over and you say, hey, we're just going to sit around and have some drinks, and while we're sitting around having drinks, we'll we'll uh, play this little game. And they're like, oh, the, the games. But you, you invite them with the, the sneaky premise that they're just coming <laughs> over to sit and t- around and have some drinks and For talk. Sure. But actually... You're getting them to know the game. You're going to teach them the game. They're going to learn the game. Next time, like you said, you're going to pull it out. and Oh, we already know the rules. Let's play this one. We're comfortable playing again while we have some drinks. And then eventually... You got them coming over on a Saturday afternoon, not even yeah, having sure. drinks, and they're playing <laughs> games, and it's just like, Woo!
1: It can go too far though, because the last time that we played Pandemic Legacy, this is the time where they're like, No, it's too much. Uh, they started doing shots. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, and, 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 and we get back into shepherding. So that's where you have a limited
1: amount of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I, I I shot each sheep in the head, and that yep. that was a poor way
0: to handle it. I've also run into issues in that scenario though, where like people are coming over especially my wife when we have couples friends over and stuff like that she doesn't want to learn a game she wants to sit and talk and socialize and and have fun so i think that paired with a low complexity game something like love letter i keep bringing love letter because it's a great example for this kind of thing where it'll take you one or two minutes to teach the game and you can play it while still talking or maybe love letter may, might not be the best example for that, but you can still socialize and you can still have fun and you can still, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be the focus, at least out of the gate, like Adam said. Then they're like, hey, there are new games other than Monopoly and Sorry and Trouble and, and what else do you have? And then the conversation carries from there. There's, there's quite a few couple friends that we have that have their own game collections now. Because we started having game nights. If you invite someone over for game night, that's a fun, casual. This will be a blast. There's even a movie called Game Night.
2: About there's a movie.
0: There was Hollywood Game Night, that game show that they had for a while. This is a common live. thing.
2: This is like Netflix totally. and chill. Everybody knows what it means. Everybody <laughs> knows a...
1: what Game Night means. I think you're right, Chad. There's a sense of obligation, I think, that happens with people because they don't want to feel like the mooch. So only only problem is they they sometimes buy crap games. <laughs> hey, look, <laughs> right. look, I got one now and we can try this one. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but, well, especially
2: uh... if it's like a licensed, you know, like, oh, you like. Uh, I don't even have a good example, but oh, you like Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean, so I got the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh no, I don't even. You know what I mean? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Random Game of Thrones Risk a game. It's it's awesome. Wait, yeah, I actually, have a Game of that. Thrones Risk.
2: Yeah, you probably have, have that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's awesome. There's lots of good. So mistakes. this is probably more for Adam and myself, but uh when it comes to kids do you find the tactics are different or the same?
2: Uh, the great thing about kids is they have to do what you tell them to very much. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? And like, you can like, even like they can call the police and be like, he's making me play board games. And they just laugh. They're like, okay, well, let's do (laughs) that. Do what he says. (laughs) So yeah, I, kind of shepherding is less of a term as like, um, what would it be like where you have a whip and you like crack it? <laughs> I don't know what the word is for that, but you know what I mean? Forced you just labor. tell them yeah. force, you just <laughs> yeah. force them to play games with you. There
0: you go. And, right, and it right. works. Much different tactics for sure.
2: The thing I don't like about my kids and where I'm trying to shepherd them. Okay. I'm, I'm going to take the <laughs> question seriously for a second That's is fine. that um, I'm shepherding them away from the games they really enjoy, which is kind of funny, yeah. but they really want to play throw throw burrito, which it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. And, Oh, they, they would play Telestrations every day for the rest of their life. And again, it's a it's great a game. game. I've had fun with my friends, like adult friends playing Telestrations, mm-hmm. but not that much. Um, and so I keep trying to force them to like, oh, let's try new games, even just like, you know, nothing even complicated, like freaking Monopoly and stuff and whatever, but just trying to get them to play a variety of games with different mechanics so that I can hopefully I still haven't actually gotten them to sit down and play this with me, but I'm getting them to play Heroes Quest with me. I'm gonna get them to play nice. games that you know. I'm gonna start them off getting into things that I enjoy, and then hopefully we'll be playing like you know, blood rage everything stuff else. in the future. Right, yeah. yeah. For
1: sure. What did they play that so talking about shepherding? So you have to shepherd them towards Hero Quest, you gotta find that mm-hmm. dungeon crawler that's for their age. There's Dungeon, which is like a <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons uh themed dungeon crawler from like the eighties. But would like a game like that zombies evolution zombie, or whatever, zombie
2: kids? So yeah,
1: like, like is that the kind is that a dungeon crawler kind it's of it? not but yeah, it's a
2: really but... great introduction to like i have a person mm. i have a special right. abilities that nobody else does and i move mm. around and kill things do you mm, know what i mean right. like and i have rules to how far i can move and whatever like it's actually a and and every and rules too yeah, yeah like oh and now we unlock this and now we have new rules to play and whatever so it's mm-hmm. actually a really really good game for ramping them up into more complexity. Yeah, yeah so Especially I mean, like...
0: like co-op strategy and stuff too. Like it really <laughs> forces you. It's it's not complex by any means, but like you have to look at the game state and kind of guess where the problem areas are and then how you're going to deal with them, which is a great skill to have for any co-op game. Right.
2: And watching their little brains figure yeah. that out because it's kind of like, I can even see now my youngest one plays randomly. She goes in, she kills zombies. She does not have a plan but my mm. oldest one goes, wait, 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 and thinks about it. And it's like, <laughs> if you kill that one, you won't be able to kill this one. And I won't be able to go through, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. so th- I can see her brain turning on to these, like, wait, wait, there's a, there's a real reason we're doing this. And like a reason we have to do it in the right order and stuff. And it's right, like,
1: yeah. So they <laughs> understand implications and cascading effects. And that'll be like good skills for yeah. future games.
2: Just the older, oh, the
1: older one is still just,
2: and,
0: and life in general too. Right. The other one still well, picks
2: it's... up the uh, pieces and goes,
0: pew, pew. Well, it's it's funny you say that i have twins they're both eight and they're the same way one of them super in the board game super in the strategy <laughs> she's the one that's saying oh i hope you don't roll a red because that'll end the game or it'll make it really tough and then the other one's like um my hat my my girl has a laser sword and she's going to chop them in half right <laughs> it's hilarious entirely different personalities which i think kind of plays into the shepherding angle as well where you might have friends that just aren't into it right and obviously, you don't want to force anything onto them. It's it's not a fun experience to make someone play a four or five hour game if they don't really want to be there, right? Um, so is there any tactics there that you guys can recommend? Or is it even worth pursuing? Find another hobby, find another activity to do, I think, at that yeah. point. See like if, you're if you're somebody like really out. doesn't
2: enjoy it? You right. mean? Yeah. yeah yeah, what what are you gonna do what's what's the effort right uh, i mean i kind of there's a sadistic joy in it like when chad was playing (laughs) twilight imperium with us and he just sat there for hours so angry i kind of got to admit (laughs) i was sort of giggling on the inside for at least three of the last five hours um (laughs) but but if you're not into that sadistic joy thing i think yeah you just gotta pick a different game
0: but i do Think, think you have some options like class or not even class actually that's that's more of a dexterity game but what's that game uh with the pins you throw the wooden dells at outside ryan you were playing it a bunch uh no like uh the finished outdoor one yeah yeah um... there's games like that right where you can be outside you can still have some drinks if you want and it's it's less of a game and more of a like i'm going to hit things with sticks it's Not no, quite sport, it's, but almost it's like, <laughs> is not bowling is sport. I don't know. No, but this is closer to like uh, lawn bowling or something like that, right. right? Yeah, Mulkey. Yeah, that one for sure. Uh, and there's other games that they they still have kind of mm. the strategic planning elements with dexterity and a little well, bit more casual i'm going to go back like
2: to what i said earlier alcohol is a really good thing in this cuz right. you basically that's, that's add right. alcohol to any dexterity game and it becomes a drinking game like <laughs> hey why don't we <laughs> oh, take totally. ping pong yeah. bounce it against the table and if it lands in a cup i, I don't know you got to drink it or you know what i mean like just
0: add You're basically drinking playing a board to
2: drinking game. to any rule any game right. and boom zang you got a drinking game turn boom zang that is
0: a newly coined term uh but yeah i i, I think that... dub,
2: dub. that's my new catchphrase Bing, bang bang oh, i've already boom forgotten. zang boom, zang. Yeah. boom zang.
0: <laughs> there you go one other thing that i think works really well with my kids at least anyway and, and possibly other groups is technology oddly enough having an app that you interact with like the unlock games my kids love that it blew their minds we were doing one of the unlocks one of the easier one star ones that we had to like do these puzzles on the cards and stuff like that but then you had to like do activities on the app as well and of course they use like using their tablets and touch screens and all the other stuff so that really hooked them in and i think to date those unlock games are probably among their favorite experiences because there's kind of that nice uh molding of technology and things they enjoy doing with gaming and puzzle solving and stuff like that and i think that works well for adults as well and technology to bring people in and get them interested but also things like table presence like if you have a really good looking game it just kind of naturally attracts people to it right
2: no but honestly like a pretty game attracts people you know you know even when you're playing in like a public place like at our tuesday night sort of area, if you've got a really yeah. pretty interesting looking game random strangers will come around and be like oh what, what are they playing you know it's just yeah.
0: it does there's something about that I remember uh, back when I worked in a co-working space. Uh, me and my coworkers would play games pretty much every single lunch hour. We had Pandemic Legacy there. We had some games of Through the Ages because someone specifically asked uh, to get taught that game. But we brought Men at Work, which is a dexterity game where you're placing little beams and meeples with construction hats and stuff like that, and it looks like a really cool kind of messy construction site. That was the only time we had other people at the co-working space overplaying the game because it just had this cool table presence to it and you could just by looking at it almost tell how to play it hmm. like it looked really inviting really accessible and people sat down and played with us i think that like in terms of casual gamers um because
1: no one's going to feel stupid with a de- dexterity game i think it's definitely like a, right. an easier sell for a wider variety of people like you're not gonna yeah. have to worry about people that uh, not only just would feel dumb by learning new rules and not picking up on it, but just like, don't enjoy that kind of game. Right. Dexterity. Right. Gaming, I think is like appeals to a lot more people.
0: Like you said, it's, you can look or you can watch the game for 30 seconds and probably pick up 80% of the rule set. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really inviting from, from that perspective as well.
2: That's like a strange thing. Just a tangent again. That's like a strange thing that you don't hear a lot from gamers, but you hear from other people. I'll just watch for a while. Like, right. well here, come play with us. Well, I'll just watch first. It's like, mm-hmm. Okay, sure. You know what I mean. It's it's this weird like, and a lot of games you can't learn by watching. You know what I mean. Like there's at least the games we play. I suppose I suppose you get some of the flow. I guess you can but... probably learn by watching, but right. Certain games would be harder anyway. But then again, That's I guess true, though. I have watched like there's
0: the game, So maybe I'm a full crap. There's there's been more often than not like when you get people that just gen- you generally don't game with and they just happen to be around. They will just offer to sit beside someone who's playing and and drink their drink and have a casual conversation about it so what i'm hearing is sit
2: beside them and distract them while they're trying to play a game okay
0: (laughs) this sounds like a bad idea (laughs) it's not gonna work at all this is very serious very very wrong (laughs) another thing i wanted to bring up and this was somewhat more relevant about a month ago when it happened and we were (coughs) originally planning on recording the show uh asmodee um one of the new initiatives they're kicking off is the unbox now rebrand so they're they're taking a bunch of their basically gateway games so like ticket to ride and pandemic and stuff like that and they're kind of repackaging them in like this like mass market friendly type of packaging where when you get the game, it comes with links to how to play videos and a very concisely constructed rule book and like a, a different presentation style. And it actually also comes with, and this kind of plays into their strategy with uh, their board game arena acquisition, six months access to that specific game on board game arena when you buy the hard physical copy of it. So they're, they're trying to take this more directed approach at getting into the mass market, getting into the Walmarts of the world and and still mm. selling their games alongside the monopolies and stories and stuff like that, right? So that, that seemed to be an interesting approach. And, and one of the things they're really focusing on there, in addition to like the online access, which seems weird to me for a casual gamer, but a lot of video presentation of rules, in addition to having a print manual, right?
2: Well, I can almost now see I, just the online access being another way to learn, right? Like some people learn by watching videos. Some people read the rules and I can Mm -hmm. see some people needing to like, uh, you know, they can't quite visualize it. They need to like try and play it or watch somebody else play it and go, Oh, okay. Now I get it, you know, or something
0: that might be part of that access to that game. And I believe now I haven't seen it very often, but you can make tutorials on board game arena, like even user created tutorials where this little bubble click comes up and clicks through the actions and tells you to click on specific things. So like you said, that might be a spectacular way to learn those new games, right? Yeah.
2: Anyway, I think it's a really cool effort and I think more games should try and do that too. Like not mm-hmm. only just offering various mediums with which to learn the game, but also just like directly going, okay, we are targeting non-gamers with this game. So what do we right. need to do to get them into the hobby? That's that's just a cool, cool business strategy. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind sure. of
1: like Chad though. I don't know if like a non-gamer is going to start trying games online to see if they want to play them in person i think it's going to appeal to like
0: uh gamers to see if they (laughs) want
1: to like try before you buy
0: more yeah it's kind of it's it's a weird mix because it's like these gateway games that most of the people that would be familiar with board gamer in at least anyway know about at the very least ticket to ride things like that dominion i think is in there as well but I wonder if they're like when you open the box or look at the back of the box, it probably doesn't say you can play online with Board Game Arena. It might say there is an online tutorial that you can interact with. Right. So maybe they're repackaging it that way. Possibly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I,
2: I you guys seen think myself. about this strategy uh, as for shepherding uh, saying, hey, we're going to play this game Saturday night. I've sent you the rules. Read them. <laughs> and make sure you know how to play when you get here on Saturday night. Is that, that a has never thing? worked it for universally me fails. In a yeah. No, I have well, tried I've tried that. No one always do that. Patrick can Actually... guys just send the rules back to me then if you're listening. <laughs> I th-
1: I think that like like Chad had mentioned that the uh, part of Day's strategy is uh, video rules. And you know, there's a lot of content creators that create video rules, but I find they drag on too long. Like I'm not going to watch a 2-hour video to learn how to play a game that takes me half an hour to read the rule book. Right. But if there was a professionally done succinct Rules explanation with visuals to because, like, I always like fantasy flight games uh, rule books because they had a lot of visuals to them. Like, they actually had like right. diagrams showing,
0: like, Examples this piece would
1: move here, and this is what it looks like on the map. It's like, aha, it makes sense to me. A video that's not two hours long, but is 10 minutes long. I totally watch that. And uh, would this would be better if people. I
2: could remember what I watched, but I just watched a, a couple of videos by whoever these people are, but they do a five minute video explanation then a 10-minute more advanced video explanation, and then like an hour, whatever it takes, playthrough. And I really like that because you kind of buy in at different chunks. I'm like, I just want to give the gist of this game. Okay, cool. I watched the really short one. It's like, well, okay, now I'm actually interested. What what more are they going to say in the advanced one? And I watched through the advanced one, and then I'm like, okay. I've never sat through one where they actually play, but I have sat through for like the first few minutes to sort of see like how setup leads to turns. And I'm like, okay, now I kind of get the flow of this game more. Um, and I think that's cool. Where you give them like little chunks, like, "Oh, you want to bite off a little more? You want to bite off? You know, just watch us play the game." Even you know what I mean? That's
0: pretty cool. But <laughs> and I, and I really yeah, appreciate that. Remember what it was? I find uh, I find myself I never go to the videos first, but I will go to them for refreshers. So if I'm pulling a game off the shelf I haven't played in years, I, I will gladly watch a video because I've probably got like seventy percent of the rules set in the back of my head, and just kind of clicking through a short summary video. Totally refreshes me, right? Or if it's a super complicated game and like the rule book isn't a hundred percent well written, a lot of times the video will supplement the missing information or at least give you a little bit more context when it comes to teaching it and playing it, right? I've
2: been taking the opposite approach. I've actually been watching lately when I'm learning a game, I've been watching a video first, then reading the rule book because once I've got like a okay, I got a basic understanding of this game, how it's kind of like gonna play out, and then I read the rule book to get like, okay, now I need the details. So And it's been working really well for me. But I also watch videos to learn coding and stuff. So I I like videos. I'm
0: obviously a video learner. Yeah, it's one of those things, right, where people are attuned to specifics that will help them in their learning of that. I have what
1: I hope is a quick question, but uh, we've talked a lot about the how to shepherd. But I do want to pose the question for each of you of why do we shepherd?
2: (laughs) Because I have no friends and And I need friends to play games with so i need you can't to play a increase six player my base
0: twilight yeah. imperium without six people right that's true <laughs> it's
2: just it's just basic math if i want to play every day and nobody else does i need at least five different gaming groups <laughs> that I will right. play once a week
0: for me it's um in social situations i'm generally not great at them but I love gaming with people and I find like, I can go to these Tuesday challenge things every week with four random strangers and have the best time because we have the game and I can teach it to them and we have that kind of central point of focus. So I guess it's kind of selfish in, in a lot of cases where I feel more comfortable with other players or other, sorry, I call them players out of the box with other friends or even casual acquaintances by having a game. the table right so for me it's like introducing games and getting them hooked on games gives me that out in the future right Mm -hmm. chad
2: refers to his friends as players everyone players they're all just players
0: (laughs) Players in the game called
2: future players (laughs) players who haven't started yet just players players i haven't met
1: yet. current players yeah (laughs) for for me it's kind of like adam where it's sort of a, a necessity because moving from regina to saskatoon like i you know there is a big public gaming community in regina that i became a part of and so i was it was very easy to go and find people to play board games with if i want to play board games in saskatoon less so like there's some people that i do have some regular gaming with but you know we are able to meet like once every six to eight weeks just because um stars have to align for schedules to align um so i've had to do some and it's not been like strategic shepherding, but it's just like worked out that way where I'm, if I want to play the games I want to play, I'm going to have to go through this process to get people up to the level that I want it at. So yeah, I've kind of had it. to do it. It's <sighs> worth it. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that for some of my friends, though I am the shepherd, they did not want.
0: the only <laughs> problem with that. Uh, so the second half of the show, we generally talk about games we've been playing recently. And I know Ryan has a big list. I have a big list. Adam, have you played anything? You've been playing a lot of BGA. I've been playing a lot of BGA. Um, we even played. We played Tobago in person. That's true. That's I played true. Tobago with you. Tobago was cool. Have we ever talked mm-hmm. about Tobago on the show before? Chad has. I think I might have referenced it, but yeah, oh.
2: it's pretty cool. I'm. <laughs> we played with the lava right. or whatever it's the called volcano, volcano, volcano expansion. Uh, expansion, which was pretty neat. Where it actually, I think maybe adds a little more to the game. Having now played on BGA, the regular without volcano version. Um, because you get to po- take more spots out and cut people off and there's just an added element to more than just you know add clues find treasure add clues find treasure there's it's like a push your luck almost kind of game maybe not push your luck but there's something pretty basic with it but when you add the volcano it's like oh now there's this extra little bit of complexity that makes movement a little more important and lets you give an, another option for taking out clues
0: and stuff and so yeah it's just kind of neat a neat yeah it's a it's not a zero player interaction game, the base game, but it adds another layer of player interaction, which I really like. When when we played um, in person there, I found it a thing that you normally wouldn't consider playing with the base game is I need to go get an amulet so I can place down a fire or a lava hex to cut Adam off of his treasure is now an option because yeah. before if it was on the map, whoever gets there, get there. Right. Whereas well, now, And, you and see-
2: there's even that weird thing oh. where we, maybe it's like really doesn't happen a lot. And it's just a, like, Oh, this is a last resort. But if somebody gets a huge treasure with lots of their own things in it, there's actually now a way where you can take it out by like taking out yeah. the last spot with lava. And you're like, Oh, now you lose everything. And that isn't in the first game. Right. There's exactly. no way there's yeah. just like, well, somebody stacked up seven things unless we just well, actually, there's no way to really stop them. They're just going to get all those things. <laughs> yeah, you know what it, I mean? Like, so. Unless
0: you somehow like cash everything else out. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And then the flip side of that is when you're putting your treasure cubes on the map and trying to like narrow down its location, you don't want to narrow it down beside lava, right? Because now mm-hmm. it's vulnerable to other people taking it out before you can go collect it. So it adds quite a bit, actually.
2: Yeah, I can't wait for the expansion to come on BGA, actually, because I, yeah. I agree with you. I think it adds enough to the game that the game goes
0: from a pretty good game to like, oh, this is actually like a game I want to play. The weird thing with Tobago is that like it's been out for, I forget it, forget the year it came out, but it's an older game. Uh, and they like the Volcano expansion came out, I swear, like a decade later, which you don't see a lot in board games, right? It's usually a year or two after. Yeah, I'm curious how big of a
1: seller that was because board gamers are a fickle bunch. Like there are right. the there are the classics, but you know, a, a game can be super popular for like two or three years, but then unless they put out a second edition, it's kind of falls to the wayside and, and people are like, right. like when's the last time you've heard anyone play Lagrange? <laughs> like, right. Is that how you yeah. pronounce that? LaGrangea? Lagrange, Lagrange, I'm not sure, but uh you know, you never hear anyone say it, so how will I know how to pronounce it because <laughs> nobody plays it anymore? Something like that. I want' sort of whatever sort of to stop our topic about ZZ we're topic. all about tangents um
2: uh speaking of something like that though uh so on board game arena bga i've been playing new frontier which is a race for the galaxy game what like it would is basically in like the universe role for the galaxy race for the galaxy yeah. and now new frontier which like has all the same kind of universe same materials and stuff anyway anyway my point is it's basically puerto rico in space which is not bad <laughs> like right. yeah you, you, i it's hard to get people to play puerto rico a little more and and admittedly it's different enough that it's not just like a straight like wreath skin or anything right yeah. but it's like mostly the same mechanics it's like oh you get little workers they work the nine like fields or whatever the except yeah. that they're planets now and then there's <laughs> yeah. things you buy and instead of shops they're like space themed things and then right. you're just trying to get money and balance that out with points and it's literally like the same game almost <laughs> And there's roles that you pick and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's awesome. Like, cause I really like Puerto Rico and but, I really like space. So like, it's it's actually a really good thing. So anyway, I just kind of thought this like old games kind of coming back. Sometimes they come back in a different form and it's pretty true. good still. But that makes <laughs> so,
1: total sense because race for the galaxy, which is the original within that uh, uh, family of games is just San Juan, but yeah. souped up in space. And San Juan is the simplified card version of puerto rico so for them mm-hmm. to
0: make now puerto rico into that makes total sense <laughs> yeah totally yeah, cool yeah i i would join you for a game of that board game arena. that's that's always been a game on my radar that just for some Let reason is too game. expensive or not available so yeah i definitely check that out ryan cool. what have you played lately? Uh,
1: so many games some of them I've, it's been like because it's been five weeks i can't even barely remember them anymore but the one i want to talk about is uh my gloomhaven group finally got through a scenario called the oozing grove and i just want to give the advice for any listeners who come to the oozing grove scenario when you play it and you get demolished just pretend you want to move on because it's so (laughs) imbalanced it's so difficult i think we did it three times and we did worse and worse each time like we got (laughs) so badly slaughtered we're like what are we doing wrong so we looked it up on the internet and no it's just super imbalanced it's just really possible. Yeah. so don't torture yourself i want to do you a favor that i wish someone else had done for me when you get to the oozing grove play it once so you know how it plays and you kind of get the gist of it and then pretend you won when you get slaughtered without is really it is it that the
0: oozes thing. oozes keep splitting because i run it's into cool. that in yes. other scenarios yeah
1: ah the ooze but there's just so many because there's not just there's ooze and there's like these other enemies and there's these other enemies and they just are so difficult and there's so many of them and, and it's all one big room so you don't even like get to keep some of them contained until you <laughs> defeat one right. small room so it's just oozing grove play once move on <laughs> Be happy with yourself. Pat
0: yourself on the back as if you did an accomplishment. Because just playing it once is an accomplishment. I haven't played Gloomhaven in probably a year. Like we're we're probably two thirds of the way through that campaign, and yeah, we just haven't got a chance to get back to it. So we should we should prioritize that. Hopefully, it is a wonderful game. I really want to play
2: that game. I bought it on Steam. Have you still not played play it? Play
0: with me? No. I
2: hope
1: somebody oh, will play with me someday. It. I need Our... friends.
2: If anybody wants to be Adam's friend, just dial nine nine nine
1: i don't listen to Devin will play that game with you he said so I saw he did there you can you play two Pretty players sure. uh,
2: yeah all
1: right well that's all i, I, I don't need. i don't think that's like the ideal
0: but just drag one more person in. I, mean, I mean you're good well i've i've played i've played two players solo with and it worked fine so mm. i think it scales i got completely.
2: Devin. we're good i don't need any of you anymore i don't need fine. you guys anymore <laughs> we're done we're done here
1: i do want to mention because gloomhaven was kind of just a throwaway comment but uh i i finally played Pax Premier second edition by Cole Worley who made Root and Oath and other games. And uh, I really respect his design. I really like Pax premier. But I was so excited to play it, and I was kind of tired because we'd already like played like six hours of games by the time we got to this. It was like a 14-hour game day that we played. So I'm cracking the cellophane off the cards because it's the first time I've played it, but I've read the rule book. I'm so excited and doing setup, and it's one of those games where you set up like six stacks of cards and put one card in each stack and shuffle each of those stacks and put them all together. And <laughs> you, you know the event cards are going to come up in an order, but I forgot to shuffle that deck. To begin with and they were all in <laughs> there's six regions on the map and they were all like yeah. clumped into regions and sort of planes like man there's a lot of cards and activity happening in this, in this one region <laughs> and then the next now it's all in this region it's like oh, i yeah. really screwed this up and it completely uh, changed how the game should play where it's like oh right activity happening all over the map right because it's just like all of us are here and yeah. now all of us are here <laughs> <laughs> because the cards kind of determine where the activity happens but it was That's a crazy. really really interesting game and i i thought it was a lot easier to like it's a it's 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 kind of almost incomparable to any other game it's it's based on like the great game it's referred to as a period of time in afghanistan where britain and russia were exerting influence over uh afghanistan's uh politics and whatnot and then the afghanis were kind of trying to arrest control of their country back but uh so right which funny because I'm used to like space and like a historical theme. That's boring. (laughs) Even though it's considered the great game of history, but um, it was easier to understand than root because you didn't have like all these wildly different factions and trying to figure out how your faction plays and not even really understand what Adam or Chad are doing. You all kind of play the same on this and it's a tableau builder. So
0: Paxmere really liked it. Want to play it again. Definitely going to shuffle the deck before I play it again though. (laughs) I've heard nothing but good things about that game from pretty much everyone. It's got a nice cloth map to it and, and everything. Yeah. yeah, Got some cool production values there. I yeah, did that really. once with, I was teaching Battlestar Galactica to someone and I forget if it was my brand new copy or someone else's brand new copy. But in the midst of getting all the other 20 decks of, of cards ready for that game, I just plopped the deck of crisis cards down. And if you do that with a stock out of the box deck, all of the actual Cylon attack cards are at the very bottom. So whoever was a pilot that game had the most boring game of their life because not a single Cylon showed up the entire game. It was uh, it was not fun. I played a bunch of games recently. I don't know if there's any that stand out for you. I want to hear about the game that you no longer own. Vagrant Song? That's the one. That's the one. So i super hyped to get Vagrant Song because it had a bunch of cool things going for it. It's a boss battler, which is just like Kingdom Death, Monster, and Townsfolk Tussle, two other games that are like top five games for me. I hear about this vagrant song. It has the same art style as Townsfolk Tussle. So, like the rubber band, old 19, whatever, comic cartoon style. So, lots of cool things going for it and a really neat theme. The theme is your vagrants on this ghost train. You hop on a train to just hitch a ride to the next town and it ends up being a ghost train. And every single section of cars is haunted with a different hate and then the production values of this game are amazing. They use the acrylic standees so they're all like translucent and they they have obviously this artwork style them, um, but they use like this translucent green so like it looks like an old ghost moving around the board and stuff like that. So many cool things going for it and then I played it a bunch. It's a campaign game so you end up playing I think it was something like 20-ish sessions front to back to to play through the whole campaign. And it was good and then it was Fine, And then it was kind of just eh. and the main thing for me, I know a lot of people love this game, and and they totally have every reason to Uh, the main thing that stood out for me was the game was very much about the bosses and not about you, not about you as the characters. Uh, So in a lot of these boss battling games, the the in between sessions, you buy equipment and you craft items and, and you gather resources and you make these cool things and you make your character really cool. You level up and you get new abilities and you try to combo things like you get a spear with jumping boots or or something like that and you try to make this really cool character that can do really cool things and then you introduce them to this big epic complicated boss fight um so vagrant song has the big epic ish complicated boss fight but with none of the character customization and it's not zero between each round you can get a max of three cards shared between all of the players so if you're playing a four or five player game three people can slightly adjust their character <laughs> between each individual session. So that was really the big thing that was missing for me. Like they they have cool boss designs. They do different things based on, you know, their lore and what kind of character they're. there's a statue that just kind of randomly spawns throughout the train. There's another guy that he's got big, big, long arms so he can pull through like different holes in the train and pull you through the holes and stuff like that. So they got a lot of cool boss design, but the rest of the game just kind of felt like a, I don't want to say afterthought because it is a well-designed game but it just felt less important Mm -hmm. than than the boss design and the boss combat and stuff like that so it didn't really hit the right notes for me compared to the other games that i really enjoy in that space and a lot of people love that game and it's really hard to get so we had a math trade and then i ended up throwing it on there just to try to get a high ticket item which i did uh so i it worked out for me but yeah you yeah, got it's... the like highest ticket item in the <laughs> trade descent legends of the dark yeah it's just a 200 game no big deal yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to trying that one but i've i've had the unfortunate benefit of having like four kickstarters deliver and like two really big orders <laughs> show up at the same time so i have a ginormous stack of unplayed games i got to get through now but yeah vagrant song was uh I wanted to like it so much. And there are aspects of it I, I definitely enjoy, but it's just just didn't feel as good to play for me compared to those other two. For some reason your description reminded me of a video game, but that I really did like, but
1: it it was like any old kind of like double dragon kind of a game where it's just like left to right fighting side scroller, but the bosses were really cool. Beautiful right. Joe for uh, oh yeah yep. gamecube i love yeah. beautiful, beautiful. that was a because, great game but it was like how much of my love for it was aesthetics and boss fights and I, as right. we were talking about I was like yeah it was it was all
0: because of how it looked and the boss fights <laughs> the actual, but there's still like a great system in that right like you you yeah, got different abilities true, yeah. and stuff as you played where whereas in this like one person might get an ability and the, the other thing i found with it was like if you look at townsfolk tussle or even King of death monster the the library of things you have access to is huge so you can come up with crazy combos like in townsfolk tussle between each boss you have access to a minimum of 10 items in addition to things you might have picked up from the last boss fight and resources you gathered and your character's special abilities in vagrant song you get three <laughs> that that's it right so it's just feels less customizable from that standpoint. Mm. Adam, have you not played anything in person other than Tobago? Like you were
1: kids. What have you played with the kids? Throw Throw burrito. Oh yeah. yeah. And Monopoly. Yeah. And I think that might be it. Okay. Mm. Oh, and uh, drawing pictures. Telestrations. Telestrations. So I guess you did already mention
0: everything that you played with your kids. Yeah. We, we got to go to game <laughs> night next week. That's all that and, is.
2: What should we yeah. play? That's a great question. I what do you what done. do you want to play this week, Ryan? And by this
1: week, I mean like in the near future.
2: The what near do you want future. to play this next Fortnite?
1: I, I wanted to say that I want to play Pax Premier again before I forget how to play. But you know what? I really want to get back to is Oath Cole Weirly's. Oh, you know
2: what? I have an unopened copy, a copy of Oath mm. right here, and I want to play with somebody. Mm. But I'm I, I'm I was actually under the going impression to... that it's Legacy ish, and I should find the same
1: board group to play with again. I again. think it's probably a better experience that way, but you don't need to right like you yeah that's my understanding Well, so
0: i'll tell you my idea because i also have a copy of oath the three of us have a copy of oath <laughs> and i've only played it with other people once there's a solo mode to it but whatever what i was thinking was at tuesday challenge because i'm likely going to go weekly the first tuesday of every month i bring oath and if the same people want to play it great if people want to join in and pick up where other groups left off or people are, can't make it that week, that would also be totally fine. And then that copy would just kind of represent like Tuesday challenge group, which, which would be really cool, I think. Uh-huh. That'd be a fun way of getting it to the table. I think so just a recurring
2: i'm in i mean my only caveat is i have uh both my kids have uh sports things that night one has martial arts and one has (laughs) soccer so i may be a little
0: late but like a half hour late at most they don't stay up late we'll make it work we'll make it work cool let's do it sweet on top of oath like i said i have a huge stack of games i need to get through right now i just got arc nova which is a game i've been dying to get for the last while that was described to me as terraforming mars but with animals so the theme is you're designing a a ecological zoo and and you get points for you know arranging certain enclosures in certain spaces and upgrading your park and stuff like that so that one seems really cool i finally got a copy of clinic which also seems like a really cool kind of design your own doctor's clinic puzzle tile placement type of game i've always wanted to try i got the expansions for Root the the new marauder expansion and the new clockwork expansion so i have that to play i got a copy of cosmic frog which also is supposed to be awesome that's one mm-hmm. that i've i've read about a few times at uh, mm-hmm. a website
1: that i like to go to called uh fortress 80com
0: no it's not called that anymore it's there will yeah. be games. No,
1: there, there will be, there be my games mm-hmm. so on that website people were talking about cosmic frog all the time and i was like "Ooh, i'm super interested and i was looking at the pictures and all this stuff but then yeah. every time someone describes it they're always like and a frog punched another frog into another dimension, but it's always like the exact. So I was like, "Wait, how much?" Because I-, I-, I thought there was like it was just like this big <laughs> exact game same experience. Like, is it just frogs like big cosmic <laughs> frogs punching each other and that's into other dimensions? Is? I yes. think it
0: basically is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I, they Why still loved bad, it, right? so I'm still <laughs> curious.
1: But I, I thought it was like a like a more wild game than that. Then it's just like it's almost. Like is it like King of Tokyo? Then we're just <laughs> monsters hitting each other. It's really other? complicated.
0: King, King of Tokyo. Maybe. One last one I'll mention um, that seems to be getting a lot of hype nowadays is Wonderland's War. I ended up snagging a copy of that, and it's supposed to be like an area control game themed in Alice in Wonderland, uh, but it also has like seven other mechanics at the same time. There's a bag building building element to it, and uh, push your luck element to it, and and area control is kind of the main ah, one. It's the royal sampler of
2: mechanics. I
0: love right. it. Right. But apparently they put it together really well. So I'm, I've heard nothing but good things about it lately. So I'm really interested in trying that out as well. Adam is Heroes Quest Quest number one that you would like to play? Maybe. I also
2: have war of the ring, which I want to get to the table right. because I bought it. I paid money for it. And I like, I'd like to play it. I also, I think it's one of the greatest two player games ever made. I never played the star Wars version thingy. That's like it. Uh, awesome. and, uh, I also want to play this dune game that I got that I haven't played yet. This plunder game that I got that I haven't opened up yet. Um, uh, yeah, there's more. So many games. Oath that I haven't opened up yet. Uh There's a bunch. Anyway, a bunch of games
0: that I haven't opened up yet that I'd like to play. He's got to retire. Job. Ja. Play a little Canasta. Great. <laughs> cool. Well, I believe that's our show. Thank you for listening. Um, You can interact with us over on the Twitters. Ryan, what's our Twitter handle? I don't know. Now
1: that Elon's buying yeah, it, I don't give a shit uh, Yeah, sure. That that's fucking... <laughs> Sorry, Bang wham. Like what's that,
2: my but... catchphrase again? <laughs> Boom whang. <laughs> Boomzang.
1: <laughs> Boomzang. We're gonna start a new social Boom media platform Zang. called Boomzang. Right. And uh that. You, you can catch us there at uh of underscore dice underscore and underscore men at boomzang.com.
2: <laughs> not at boomzang.com. Don't go to there. That's not twit. The, the visuals you want to see.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a great site. Oh underscore <laughs>
2: dice underscore and underscore men. You can us catch us
0: at Twitter.
1: You'll catch Donald Trump back at Twitter. It's a wonderful Woo! place. Come see us there.
2: The muskiest
0: of all places. <laughs> and on that note, good evening. Good luck. We'll see you in a fortnight. See you in a fortnight.